This is Bush and Ritchie's Daily Takeaway. Thank you once again for downloading uh, an episode that is laced with danger. Let's just uh, give you a little bit of background what's going on uh, in the studios here as we record today. Uh, the, the, the chief executive of the parent company that owns us is having meetings with the European board on the top floor today. He, he, he could be anywhere at any moment. If you've ever played the 80s video game Gauntlet, he's a little bit like death in yeah. that with one hand out. You, yeah. There's nothing you can do, you've just got to try and get away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and we were reminded, I don't think it was a warning, I think we were reminded that he was about and to, to be on best behaviour today and that, you know, if he wants to come into the studio and say hello, we were to welcome him and of course we would. Yeah. Now, where we're playing with danger, well, one of us is is also uh, a dear member of our staff is leaving today, Carla, and she's brought round some drinks to uh, for everyone to say goodbye to her. Uh-huh. I've accepted this bottle of Peroni. I never drink on duty. <laughs> the way you've just phrased that makes me sound like I'm reckless. I never drink on duty. You've already f- dropped your phone down. Well, as you're going to hear, he's already <laughs> dropped his phone down the flipping stairs. Now he's yeah. having a beer. He's asking for trouble. Yeah, but the, the real trouble will come if, if Big Boss Man comes in for one of these ad hoc studio visits that we've been told to encourage and welcome. Sure, if he and comes in, if he comes in and you've, you're on the beers, as he walks away, no doubt you'll come up with an excuse or say about leaving, do or whatever. I'll do that look at the boss and I'll do that face that, um, we mentioned this before on the show, uh, that Gary Lineker did to the sidelines about Gaza in uh, Italia 90. Yeah. Head's gone. Yeah. Head's gone. It's gone. <laughs> So, yeah, could be the last one. Enjoy. This is the Daily Takeaway. This time yesterday, I had a phone. About an hour ago, I had a phone. Wow. 24 hours. It's been quite some 24 hours. Can I just say, I have never seen an accident with higher fast than what happened to your phone <laughs> literally about an hour ago. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was, I just keep thinking about it. Because you were the witness to it and I was the person it suffered to, you might actually be the better person to describe the high farce of what happened. It was it was such a weird accident. It's a little bit like, you know when you see um, like CCTV footage of, of someone walking up to a car pretending it's hit them and then lying in the road so they yeah. can get an insurance payment? It was that weird. So we just finished the meeting <laughs> with our boss Paul. Uh, we're walking out chatting as you do. Uh, and then we were on like the, the first floor here at Absolute Radio, so we were in the mm. stairwell, and then out of the blue, you just threw your iPhone down well, the stairs. My phone was in my in my notepad, sort of like folded up. I normally always have it in my pocket. And for no reason whatsoever, just it shot out of the folder through the gap in the banisters of the stairwell and then down two flights of gaps of banisters to the basement. It's like, you know that famous Beatles anthology album with all looking down the stairs? That was me and you looking down trying to find it because it, <laughs> it literally went down three flights. Yeah, it didn't. It landed on carpet. I'm thinking, I'm going to be all right. I think that's going to be all right. The weird thing is, the, the boss, boss, boss of our entire company is is in the building today. Yes. Imagine that, how bad that would have been for our careers if you'd have knocked him clean out with your iPhone. It could have happened. I mean, if it had hit him on the head, imagine how bad it would have been for him. Although Not just my career. <laughs> exactly, do you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, so, yeah, no phone for me over the last 24 hours. How's yours gone? Uh, we've had, since we last spoke on Home Time last night, in our house, one child's wet the bed. <laughs> Great. The baby, Stella, has done a poo on my uh, other half's chest this morning. And then the final bit of guttering that was 
clinging on for dear life from the storm, gave up the ghost and fell down the side of the house. <laughs> but about an hour before I left for work today. Both of us collectively want to press reboot on the last 24 hours of our lives. It's been a bad 24. Maybe your last 24 hours have been fairly interesting. And it could be good. You might have had an absolute, like, windfall. Maybe yeah. on a scratch card or something. Bush and I, all sorts of drama, guttering, soiled beds, dropped phones, dead phones. It doesn't quite, haircut as that, well. That doesn't pan out exactly how you think as well. Let me tell you about it. Oh, yeah, you've had a haircut, so that's a positive. I don't think I'd have had the haircut if I knew I was then later to drop my phone and have to then go and buy a new one. He's just been looking online at the prices. Yeah. OMG. Weeping. Uh, Joe says, um, someone's just come in with a scanning job, which was really cool. World War II era newspaper pages. Oh. The guy who brought them in said they were just in his dad's loft. Don't know what Joe does as his job, but it sounds like that was actually an interesting day compared to a normal one. Anything. If there's something unusual that's happened in the last 24 hours we want to hear about it, Mark says I got offered a new job, handed notice in on my current job, then annoyed Absolute Radio's own Leona Graham by saying all album tracks are just album tracks. He's right. Decided I'm going to embrace the uh, the dead smartphone that I've got after uh, dropping it. The, the advantage is I'll just go off the grid now. No one knows where I am, do they? It'd be quite a, a relief, actually, for a little bit. Just exactly. Not just... getting bothered with, like, WhatsApp groups. Yeah, disappeared for a couple of hours. No one can contact me. They don't even know where I am. All right, Andy McNabb. Apart from on the radio, I guess. Uh, Sarah says, I took my dog for a walk yesterday evening, then to the pub, which was packed with other dogs and their humans. Right. As I'm ordering drinks, my dog promptly threw up in the middle of the bar area. And with all eyes on me, I was on my hands and knees, mopping up while my dog just stood there, not looking guilty at all. So I'm beginning to not feel so bad about my last 24 hours. If you've had an unusual 24 hours, if anything's happened, tell us about it. Joe says, and this, this is wins and loses, Joe says it's been a better day than yesterday. The river air at the the bottom of our garden has dropped now, thankfully. I took the flood defences off the doors, which have been up since Sunday. I'm counting that as a win. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Do you ever have a moment where something pops up in life and you think to yourself, we were just talking about that the other day? Uh, you remember we were talking about conditions on Monday's show? Tempin thigh, which yeah. is a lot better, thank you. Is it good? Is it yes, better now? Yeah. That's good. So Richie had tempin thigh, tempin bowling thigh on Monday. So we're talking about conditions. So my folks stayed with us last week, right? My mum and dad, Jerry and Nige. We've got very steep stairs in our house, and my parents don't like it. They always have to stay on the top floor, mm-hmm. yeah? Uh, so they kind of always kick up a bit of stink. They've got to go three flights up to go to bed. Anyway, I was on the phone to my mum, and she blamed her struggle with our steep stairs on a thing she calls bungalow leg. You are... Bungalow leg. Wow, that's just like our condition. This is, she says, apparently it's a condition where people who live like them in, in bungalows or flats, they live in a flat in Devon, uh, apparently get out of the habit of using stairs. And it's an, she reckons, my mum, Jerry, reckons it's an actual condition. So it... it Wow. So it's, I, I thought this is just her having listened to the show and us talking about conditions. It's not. She's actually maintaining this is a thing. Completely independent. She she is convinced that she's got a thing called bungalow leg. Now, the weird thing is, my friend Shelley has messaged me saying, uh, OMG, my mother-in-law told me at Christmas she won't move to a bungalow in case she gets bungalow legs. No way. So... I, you know, I don't know, I just want, this hour of the show, if, if you have any intel on this, if you are someone that lives in a bungalow and you've heard, maybe they give you like a leaflet when you move into a bungalow, I want to read this first before you sign up the deeds. <laughs> it might get bungalow legs. I've never lived in a bungalow, so I, I, I don't know if there is actually anything that is a downside to having only the one floor. My mum and dad have lived in a couple of bungalows in Devon. I love a bungalow. Bungalows are brilliant. What have you liked about them? That's just the fact you just know where you are. It's all on one... F- <laughs> 
floor. Do you know what I mean? You have to muck around with stairs. It is confusing sometimes. You think, what floor of the house am I yeah, on? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Where am I? I know what you mean, yeah. So, look, if you've heard of Bungalow Leg, uh, or you just think it's... I mean, I'll go back to my mum with whatever we find on our research this evening mm. on the show. Uh, now, a tweet here. Uh, some, some GP intelligence. Um, my dad was once told by his GP to get rid of his automatic car and drive a manual so that he used his left knee more often. Now, that would suggest... If that's come from a GP, you could equally hear yeah. that the medical people could be saying, you're not using your knees enough because you live in a bungalow. That could be an up-to-date version of the Daniel Day-Lewis movie. <laughs> My left knee. David says maybe Bush's mum has bathmophobia, which is a fear of stairs. I think she's all right with stairs. She's mum. just not using them. Just not using them enough. Yeah. So, uh, Laura says, I have a crunchy left knee when I use stairs. I think I have bungalow leg too. This says, we live in a bungalow. Uh, bungalow legs is a real ailment. However, I am a roofer, so I cancel it out by being up and down ladders all day. I hate stairs as much as I do ladders. Right, so I need to get my mum, Jerry, on a ladder yeah. to cancel out the bungalow leg. Get your mum, Jerry, doing tiling and you're away. Fantastic little business opportunity for you there. Uh, we've got Tanya on the line. Tanya, do you suffer from this? I don't know, but I've never ever heard of it before in my life. <laughs> do you think there's any scientific basis in what my mum going on about? Um, no. I mean, my sister lives in a bungalow, but um, I've never heard of that before in my life at all. <laughs> what do you live in, Tanya? I live in a masonette. Now, so I'm going to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what a masonette is. They were in the 80s. So, they uh, they had a, a single, I think, the masonettes. <laughs> the masonettes. <laughs> it was built in the 1950s, so... Well, how many floors have no. you got then, Tanya? Uh, I've got like a downstairs, so I come up the stairs and then everything is on one floor. So you could have masonette leg. <laughs> this gets more and more weird. So do you, your flat leg, do you go downstairs to go to bed? No. What? Only to get out of the house. Because you do get some weird houses as well. When we lived in Timoth, we had we had we went downstairs to go to bed. What? Downstairs bedroom. You lived under the ground <laughs> to sleep. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't even know what that's called. God knows what that condition is called. A basement. <laughs> that's I heard exactly. people like sleeping in the like turning the dining room into like bedrooms before, haven't they? But I find that really weird. Yeah, it's like changing rooms. This show, isn't it? Yeah, now? it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tanya, thank you very much for getting involved in this scientific discovery that we're going on. I'm interested to see what happens. So we've been trying to work out in this hour of the show uh, if the condition that my mum said that she's got, whenever she comes to our house, she says she suffers from a thing called bungalow leg. Convinced it's a thing. Uh, apparently, our steep stairs don't agree with her because she lives in a flat with no stairs in it and bungalow leg is an actual condition. But we haven't really had any kind of final answer. Until now, we have uh, an expert hanging mm. on to speak to us. Anna, tell us what you do. So um, I'm a practice nurse in Dorset and I... Um, I specialise in leg ulcer care, so patients who have dodgy legs, basically, and a lot of them have very puffy legs, and the muscles in their legs are a bit slack, and that's quite often because they live in bungalows. So <laughs> bungalow leg is a term that you guys use. <laughs> it's a thing. Yes. I thought it was witchcraft. So if you're living I mean, in a bungalow now, that often to be fair, like you know, it's a bit mean. Let's say someone's listening now and they're in a bungalow and they're panicking, thinking, "I don't want to get, I don't want to get bungalow leg. I've just bought this yeah. bungalow, spent loads of money on it. What can they do to make sure that they don't end up with a bungalow leg?" Just keep active, do some cycle pumps when they're sat on a chair, keep their legs, you know, moving, that kind of thing. Maybe maybe arrange to go around to a friend's house who's got stairs and have a go yeah, on them for a yeah. bit. <laughs> just casually go up and down them, you know. Now, you are the person to listen to on this because um, as someone who used to live in Bournemouth, in Dorset, I would suggest oh. that Dorset is the UK capital of bungalows. Absolutely, absolutely. 
absolutely. So I live in um, Shaftesbury, Dorset, with Gold Hill. Yeah. You know Hovis? We were speaking about it on the show the other day, the old yeah. Hovis advert, yeah. There you go. So you, you two are saying, right, you two are saying, without any form of evidence, that Dorset is the UK bungalow capital of the world? I'm oh, saying it 100%. Know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> are you in or you're out? Are you in or you're out? That's the big question. Oh, I don't know. Anyone from the council listening uh, in Dorset or whatever, you need to get that when you sign when you come into the county. <laughs> Definitely. And if you disclaimer. I apologise to my mum. Uh, bungalow leg is a thing. Here's the thing. Here's a fact, right? Recent survey, 35% of respondents to this survey described the bungalow as their dream home. Wow! 47% of 16 to 19-year-olds, this is the future of this country, 47% like the idea of not having stairs. I think stairs are, are just outmoded. Do you know what I mean? Times have changed, man. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's working from home. Going with the landline. Let's get rid of stairs. Uh, certainly there's a myriad of other strange conditions that people can get. Andrew and Lincoln says, Bush and Ritchie, we used to holiday at the Clifton Hotel in Timmouth in Devon. It's set on top of the cliffs and has a steep landscape garden which you have to walk down and go back up to the promenade. By the end of the week, our calves ached. We used to call it Clifton Calf. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Here it is. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, like any good disaster movie, I went and stocked up uh, ahead of time before this storm hit. And, you know, I think on this show we talked about this on a number of different occasions. We're both massive fans of the Middle Isle, whether it's Absolutely. the Audi Middle Isle, Little Middle Isle. It's a fantastic thing. Uh, now, there's something, though, I've seen and found. It's still perturbing me. I can't understand what it's for, whether people use this thing or why they use it. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Bush on the radio, I posted a photo earlier on this morning. It's a tiny frying pan. Have you seen these? Little tiny frying pan. Like, this, <laughs> smaller than my hand. And I, I, I need some help with people explaining to me what use that has in life. I've seen the picture that you tweeted. Um, I would, if, from the picture, it looks like all you could do is crack one egg into it and fry it. That's about it, isn't it? But like, why, why is anyone doing one egg? Like, one, Darren Goldspeece tweeted me to say, that's a one-egg frying pan. Life changer. Really, though, Darren? Is that a life changer? Only being able to do one egg at a time? Really? <laughs> Even if you're just cooking for yourself, surely you do two fried eggs. You're making yourself like a little fry-up in the morning, whatever. Would you, would you ever just stick at one egg? Who, who would do that? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do one egg. Um, you'd always do two. Uh, the only the only thing I could possibly justify for is that there may be some people who do the one egg. And you know, on your hobs, you've got your four rings and there's always that tiny little ring um, that uh, and I, I kind of think that heats up so slowly on the pan. You're thinking, who's using that? Well, maybe that tiny ring is for the tiny pan to do just the one egg. Do you know what this is, right? This is like Sylvanian family stuff. That's what it is. It's that small. <laughs> Um, my mum's even texted me saying that she loves her tiny frying pan. Apparently she does pancakes in it. If I got served a pancake that was that size, I'd want to see the manager. Do you know what? I'm performing a huge U-turn here. If you're having your American-style thick pancakes with your blueberries and a stack and some muffin uh, and some, uh, some syrup um, and some, some icing sugar, that's the right size. I love how the, the, the menu of toppings there got bigger and bigger as you were describing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you why I'm very, very excited tonight. It is the first board game night, board game club, post-pandemic. So That's I don't know, big. It's big. It's really big. I was supposed to go the other week, and then something happened at the last minute, and we had to cancel. I was absolutely gutted about it. Uh, I think, our, our, yes, that's what it was. Little baby Stella had been up all night, so I couldn't then just disappear for the evening and leave Katie literally holding the baby. So this time, all is well. But I'm 
slightly poon on Katie first in this morning, but it's okay now. So, uh, hopefully, if nothing goes wrong or we don't get into any trouble in the final bit of the show, I'm going to be playing a hell of a board game this evening above a pub in East London. This is fun. So, how many of you will be be there? Because, like, obviously, the the whole reason you haven't been is because of pandemic and people being in the same room and all that kind of stuff. So, it'll feel like, you know... January 2020, won't it? It's going to be amazing. I think the, the group is called Cardboard Emperors. So it's a... It's I a, love that. It's isn't a good it? name, isn't it? It's yeah. very, a bit of gravitas. It's a weekly, like, war or a bit boring board game, like, historical board game group that yeah. meet up above a pub in Borough mm-hmm. uh, in London. And um, uh, so you arrange online what games you're going to play. So I'm going to be playing with three other guys. We're playing a game called Versailles 1919, which is about the Versailles Treaty uh, after the First World War. So do you not know... Do you not know the gentleman that you're playing with? Tonight? I don't know. I, just, I know the people who go to the group, so like the club, but Whoa. we've just arranged this. It's me plus three others. I don't know who they're going to be. You've never met them in your life. I, I know who, I know who they are, but I've never actually spoken to them. So That's incredible. So I've, I've got my little normal group that I meet up with, yeah. which I know them, those guys, Adam and Phil, but these guys are new, so I'm kind of... Uh, uh, making new friends. And, like, if you enjoy their company and the playing of the game tonight... Steady, yeah. No. I, I know. Is it the kind of thing that where you would go away with their number? I've, I've, I've been texted by Keith already. Keith is the guy that's organised the game. <laughs> so, but you know what's interesting? It's timely because this, this Versailles 1919 game is about uh, you know, them sitting down at the negotiating table after yeah. the First World War. And a lot of the problems that we have now or that we're going through at the moment are through because of some of the weird decisions that were made back then mm. in terms of negotiating with scallywags. So I think it's bang on point and pertinent as to what's going on in the world right now. If you've got space at the table for what I know a gentleman over in Moscow who could, uh, <laughs> could do with attending. He'll turn the table over if he doesn't win. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It is now time for a radio competition that is encroaching on this show worse than the Russians are at the edge of Europe. It needs to go tonight. It's week three of the Winter Olympic Sound. It's our midweek games night. Sorry, when, when did the Winter Olympics end? At the weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you're about to hear the sound of three Winter Olympic sports, OK? Very quickly together, if you can identify what the three Winter Olympic sports are, you win an amazing prize package that I'll go through in a second. So, look, here's the sound. Uh, have a little listen. Just tell everyone in the room to quiet down in the car because this needs to go. Okay, I know you were studying that and you're probably thinking, oh, I think I've got that, I need to hear it a second time. Well, here you go. If this doesn't go tonight and it comes back next week, I need to reconsider my position. <laughs> You're shortly going to hear it a third time, but let me tell you, tell you what you can win. A home-time face mask. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Little remnant of the past. Um, a home-time badge. A home-time tea towel. A signed Bush and Ritchie Polaroid picture. That's not what you think. It's nothing sketchy, but we just we did take some photos. They're good. Uh, also, it's a brand new tea towel for 2022. So yeah. if, if you've been sitting, waiting in the wings, thinking, I know this, but I can't be bothered to get in touch, please strike tonight. This all is your moment. Them, all of them will come in the branded Absolute Radio Hessian bag. Right, this text, that we just come into the show, normally I would take as like a slightly aggressive behaviour, but I, I'm welcoming it tonight because I said earlier on, either the Winter Olympic Sound Competition goes or I go. Uh, Mark in Kennington says, nice knowing you, Bush. <laughs> Does that mean that it's going to happen tonight? Tonight we're going to go? No, I think Mark is intimating that people might not be guessing these three Winter Olympic sounds. Have a listen. Hmm. 
Right, come on, let's do this. Let's win this. Who's this? Hello, it's Andy. Andy, welcome to the Winter Olympic Sound. Andy, where are you calling from? I've got a good feeling about you, Andy. I'm calling from Northampton. Right, a dependable place, Northampton, isn't it? Dependable. Yeah, 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 they make boots there. They do, they make lots of boots. So, Andy, please tell us what you think the three sounds are. Uh, curling, tobogganing and skiing. Oh, one out of three. We've gone backwards, I'm afraid, oh, Andy, there. Andy. Oh, sorry. It's all right, mate. It's fine. Don't sorry. feel bad about it. It's fine. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. I'd like for that. OK, thanks a lot. Thank you. Hello, home time. Who's this? Hello, it's Mitch. How you doing? Mitch, we're good. Mitch, how are you? What do you do? Um, I've just finished work. I'm just washing the dishes. <laughs> you've, been, um, you've been working all day now, you're doing the dishes, and someone not done those yeah, dishes for you, Mitch? What's going on? I know, yeah, it's terrible. Working from home, it's a, the problem. Unbelievable, isn't it? You've got to stop making yourself stuff while you're working, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, what are your three guesses? <laughs> um, I think it is um, the ski jump, the um, bobsleigh, and the cross-country slalom. <laughs> um, Mitch, this is not what we want. It's zero out of three, I'm afraid. We're going backwards. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, cross-country slalom, I don't think, is a thing. Well, I'm cross- yeah, probably not. <laughs> you Definitely con- not. <laughs> concentrate on the drying up, Mitch, uh, but thanks for playing anyway. <laughs> no, it's fine, fine. Home time, who's this? Hi. Hello, Sandra. Uh, have you had your tea yet, Sandra? No, not yet. Just waiting for Hobby to get home. Right, what can you have when he gets back? I don't know, he's cooking. Oh! <laughs> Pressure's on Hubbo. Yeah. Sandra, what are the three sounds? I think it's bobsleigh, curling and ski jump. One out of three! Oh, Doesn't win you anything. Unlucky. <laughs> Enjoy your tea. Cheers, guys. Right, this is last batch of calls coming up in a sec. Please, please, please get this because I, I don't like the look on your face. Listen, if this doesn't go, there's going to be. I was going to say World War Three. That's happening anyway, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Final round four tonight of the Winter Olympic Sound. What are these three sports? Who's this? Oh, it's Fiona. Hello, Fiona. Fiona, you have optimism in your voice. You sound bright and with it, even though it's the end of the working day. I've got a good feeling about you, Fiona. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm surprised I even could identify three um, Winter Olympic sports, so I'm going to give it my best shot. Talking past tense like it's already done and dusted. I like that. (laughs) There's confidence. So tell us then, what are these three sports? So I think the first one is curling. The second one is the luge. And the third one is ice hockey. You've identified one Olympic sport. Damn it. (laughs) Fiona, you were my hope. You were my big hope for this evening. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hard luck, Fiona. Hello, home time. Who's this? It's John. John, he sounds lively. John, what's your line of work before we get you guessing? Uh, I work for a university. Bamba Gascoigne going on here. This is it. (laughs) This is going to be the winner, isn't it? Right, John, these three Winter Olympic sports put everyone out of their misery. Uh, It's curling. It's the luge, and it's the biathlon. Oh, it's two out of three! Oh, so close. Oh, John, you are our final caller for tonight. I thought it was going to go, but Bush, you're optimistic now, surely. I'm, uh, John, I almost want to meet up with you. We're going to train you all of next week ahead of next Wednesday, and we'll get this one done. What do you reckon? Because you're one away. I'll, I will call you back next week with another guest. <laughs> Good lads. I'll tell you one more thing. I'll tell you one more thing, all right? It's back next week. Tonight, looking at my data here, tonight, right. each of the three Olympic sports has been guessed 
once. Right, so the answers are literally out there. They've been there in tonight's show. This is The Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway. I made it to the end of the episode. Unbelievable. He's not come in. He's sat there, bold as brass, (laughs) drinking... What are you drinking? Uh, Peroni. Peroni, Okay. It's like the end of days, this, isn't it? I feel like this is the end of days or something. (laughs) There's only 42 calories. Do you know what I would love? I, I, I don't, I'm not encouraging drinking or anything like that, but it'd be good if you just did a week where uh, we just get on with the show normally, but you just drink your way for a case of beer every show. I'd love that. Tell like Barney what, from The Simpsons. Well, let's do it, but let's not tell people. Yeah. And let's see if anyone notices the difference. Imagine. <laughs> I just struggle to say no. Not a problem.